Hello, and welcome to the Ripples in Space podcast. I'm John Davis. And I'm Kate Reagan. And we're very excited to have you here for episode three of our Flash Fiction podcast. Woo! Episode three! We've been getting a lot of great submissions. We've had uh, so many more come in since episode two. So thank you to everyone who submitted a Flash Fiction piece. You're awesome. And we can't wait to get started with this piece here by Katie Krantz. It's called Glass Houses on Fault Lines. I'll be giving you a brief bio on her, and then Kate will be reading the story. So without further ado, let's, uh, let's get into it. Here we go! Katie Krantz is a writer and undergrad. She is pursuing a combined MA-BA in English and Judaic Studies. Her work can be found on sites such as McSweeney's, Ink and Voices, and the Tulane Review, among others. Glass Houses on Fault Lines by Katie Krantz There are a few conditions I must follow for a successful regrowth. I need a stem cell sample, somatic. Otherwise, I cannot ensure a perfect match. Half of the money needs to come up front, the other half after. No gifts or tips. Cash only. You must have exhausted all other medical options. This is a last resort treatment. The most interesting part of a home is the vulnerability that shows itself in design. Today, fault lines tremble beneath a glass house. My clients chose this location on a hill between tectonic plates, just as they chose to have a son despite testing positive as carriers for cystic fibrosis. The entire front of the house is glass, revealing a modern living room and minimalist dining room. The interior smells like window cleaner. The California brush fires can't get us up here, Mrs. Ramirez explains. She offers me a plate of cookies. Her hand trembles as she holds it out. The shaking knocks an Italian wedding cookie to the floor. It shatters. The view is just incredible, says Mr. Ramirez. He gestures to the dining room's glass wall as he kneels to wipe up crumbs. They stare at me intently, wide-eyed and hopeful. The tour of their house is so earnest, so warm, just like their feelings for their son. Their eyes dart this way and that as we talk, always returning to the contract on the table. It is already signed and dated. Trust me, I will do my work and deliver him back to you whole in six months. They sigh, tasting the good intentions in my words before they are convinced. They slide a white envelope and a small medical sample jar towards me across the glass table, along with the contract. I tuck them all into my briefcase and return to the lab. A look into someone's DNA is their most intimate exposure. Thousands of nucleotides combined in a unique sequence give you a picture of them with no lies, no tainted stories. The gel on the table... Markers racing down the algae in blue paint the only accurate picture of a person. How rare and beautiful it is for any particular individual to even exist. Sandro has returned to his first form, a single cell. Just 46 chromosomes, some organelles, and a delicate membrane. Pure, untouched by this world. With a micropipette and the right enzymes, I change him. We're going to patch you right up, baby, I whisper, my breath fogging up my plastic spit shield. Sandro jiggles, chromosomes unfurling. You'll be as good as new. Your lungs are going to be so pink and shiny. 
I shake a tube of transport proteins into the petri dish. They suck his bad genes out like lemonade from a straw. I leave him to grow. Sandro's stem cells, complete with a fresh genetic code, burble happily in their tank. They are sweet, almost endearing like that. Sandro's translucent mass doubles in size as I watch, bathed in his amber glow. They're all so beautiful like this, children growing big and strong in their broth. The whole row of tanks beyond him hums peacefully, backlit and glowing. What a force of nature they are. They are proof that the universe is infinite. Anything can be rebuilt with the right tools, even glass houses shattered by earthquakes. Anything but the complex architecture of a soul. Sandro Ramirez wakes up with his pupils dilated, his eyes still adjusting to the dark of the incubator room. By the end of his maturation, he could blink and look around. He absorbed, but did not process his surroundings. If he had had memories, he probably would have panicked. He stretches out across my lab table. His face is the expression of innocence, unaware he is unclothed like Adam and Eve before the fall. His skin is still soaked in the broth, fresh and unblemished. I do not know the genetic code for the soul. Muscles and organs rebuild themselves, but I could not program a gene to retain Sandro's memories or soul. Sandro's lack of speech did not preclude me from speaking to him. With shortness of breath, I explained his new heart. I wish he could write it down, but he can't hold a pen just yet. He blinks at me, doe-eyed and unafraid. The universe must have been made to be seen by those hazel eyes. I think I understand what it means to be a mother, to create a life. When the cold air hits him as the air conditioner turns on, a noise escapes his lips. I turn it off, and he learns the rewards of speech. We move in this dance for months, until he is trained in both the intricacies of verbal expression and his predecessor's life. He can use buttons. He can identify Aunt Cosima. However, relearning Sandra Ramirez takes longer. He cannot figure out how he likes his coffee, or whether he keeps the sheets on in the summer. His parents will surely teach this to him. With the first reanimation, I wonder if their memories were hidden deep in the woodwork of their minds. I don't believe so anymore. Sandro's last lesson is the courage to start a life. Without courage, he won't be able to learn how to be a son, a nephew. It is hard work for him to rebuild a life shattered like glass. I hold my breath for the first week he is home, hoping that his flaws have been fixed, that he is ready to play the part of the real Sandro Ramirez, not the nearly identical fake. His parents were eager to take him back to the glass house, where his favorite meal was waiting. They nearly threw the final payment at me from across the room before collecting their son. I am alone with the tanks. They hum and glow, my quickly developing children stewed in amber liquid. I wish I knew how I liked to unwind after a release. She never taught me. I tried wine, a book, a bath. None quite clicked. Today, I decided to test out buttered toast, see if I like it. Before leaving the lab, I pat my urn for luck. Our quickly fading time was spent on procedures, on the overwhelming importance of my work. She did not stop to tell me whether or not I like cream and sugar in my coffee, but I'll exonerate her blind side. With the cancer brewing in her blood, she was, medically speaking, a glass house on a fault line, but she did not live without a lifeline. 
She was smarter than the Ramirez family, cheating death before it could catch her. I think I may like butter toast. Okay, and uh, that was... Glass Houses on Fault Lines. Which, I have to say, it took me a little bit to realize kind of what was going on at the end with the urn. All of a sudden I was like, wait, no. I was like, wait. And then the way that, you know, the, the I guess the narrator starts to act starts like... Starts to reveal that... She doesn't really know what she likes, and she didn't really yeah, have... Yeah, and we realize that it's a copy. It's been a copy this whole time, and it's just like, And so then what? it's like, was that the copy talking at the Ramirez's house? Like... No, I I think I think it was a copy all along, and I, that's how I'm interpreting it. I think it was a copy this whole time that whoever the narrator was as this doctor or scientist, whatever they are, that they were smart enough to have made a copy of themselves and then drill them to take on my work. And they and just so, didn't share anything. And no, about. and probably the probably didn't tell anybody. Probably nobody knows that the real one's dead. Just, is my guess. It would have been nice, I guess, if they'd left a book that said, like, you like buttered toast. True. But, like, in the moment, it's like, no, 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 no. You've got to understand this is what I do. This is the mission. This is your goal. Do that and forget the little stuff. You probably weren't even thinking about that. I mean, who thinks about coffee and sugar in a time like that when you're recreating, you know, stem cells? It was, it was definitely a very fun story, very interesting, and I'd really like the the little twist at the end. I that did was, too. I got chills. Yeah, that was good. So, um, if you like to write science fiction like that, or or any types of science fiction, be uh, be sure to submit to ripplesinspace.com. There's a little link at the top that says submitting, which will take you to submittable. I guess you could just go to submittable. You too. could go to submittable too. Uh, slash ripples in space, and uh, we have three brand new submission periods. The first one is the uh, spring 2019 submission period. And these are for longer short stories, which we will uh, sort through and publish on the website. And it's completely free to submit, completely free for us to publish them. And we get them up there and, and people can see them and enjoy them as much as we do. Oh, yeah, it's great fun. The second submission is the submission portal for our podcast in which you can submit your flash fiction pieces like the one we just read today. And then our brand new third submission period. This one's a little different, and I'm still not sure how it's going to work. It's definitely a work in progress. But the idea is that it's a collaborative form of storytelling. It'll be in podcast form as well. We would do it on Wednesdays. And how it would work is one person would write a pilot. And that would give you kind of a set of characters and the world. And then each week, someone else would write an addition to that same story with those same characters in that same world. And kind of the story would evolve and change on a week-by-week basis. And the people listening to the podcast would be able to make those changes. And so we could really see where it goes. If it, if it goes great or if it goes terribly, I don't know. And I don't know how long it will go. I guess it just depends on how entertaining it is. Exactly. It, it's very similar to something that happened to me as a freshman in high school. We did like a round-robin writing assignment where it was like five of us around a desk and we started writing a story and then when the buzzer went off, we had to stop, 
hand the paper to the person on the right, and then whatever paper you got back, you had to continue the story. You had, like, two minutes to read it and then five minutes to continue it, and it just went around and around and around. Now, with that, of course, you had to have your beginning, middle, and end, but with this one, there's no holds bar. So, hey, this will be really, really fun and really interesting. Yes, hopefully, yes. And um, so we are right now uh, looking for pilots, kind of... uh, a beginning to the story so if you have one in mind if this sounds like something you would like to do or to be a part of be sure to head over to ripplesinspace.com and all of our details are there um and uh, there is a small small submission fee uh but uh we the the fees that we have they go toward helping pay for the podcast and for the website so you're helping us keep running and doing this thing that we really love to do And thank you all for your support and for uh, sending us your stories because that's hard to do because this is something you've worked on and you've thought about and it's your baby and now you're giving it to someone else to read and I've been there and it's hard. And it's like, what if they say no? So thank you. We appreciate every submission we get. We read every submission we get. And we are very, very uh, thankful for all your support. Yes, thank you so much, guys. And uh, don't forget to follow us on Facebook at Ripples in Space and on our Instagram page at Ripples in Space. And what else have we got? Uh, right now, just Facebook and Instagram. Maybe one day a Twitter. You never know. Don't cross your fingers. <laughs> Maybe there's another blood moon. I don't know. Oh, ooh, ooh, <laughs> yeah. That should be coming up in, what, the next year or two? Yeah, so year or two we'll have a Twitter. Anyway. <laughs> From all of us here at Ripples in Space. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Cheers from the void. We'll talk to you later. Goodbye.